previously on the Dirty Chain Podcast. I mean, last year we had 3,200 signed up. We, we, so for 2020, I mean, we sold out in six minutes. There were 5,000 people on Bike Reg. Bike Reg told us at the time that we opened Reg, and they were like, man, this is, you guys are, you know, one of the, the fastest selling out events we've ever had. And it blew our minds. We, we were basically biting off, I think, more than we could chew. So when the pandemic hit, we were like, okay, 1,400 people actually showed up for 2020. And we were like, all right, for registration for 2021, we know that the pandemic's going to be potential. It's going to affect us whether or not things are okay to be completely normal and open and racing and like no wave starts and all these other things. We, we thought, Hey, let's, let's dial it back. Like let's only let in about 2000 and also just be aware that we're probably going to have to pivot. It's a constant battle and it's a daily struggle to, to keep waking up and realize, man, for the first time in eight years, we won't be gathering at the shop in front of the shop and we won't be allowing, you know, maybe a few thousand people the very first opportunity to see these dirt roads that I think are unreal. But I am, a, I'm a Mid-South virgin, but thanks to uh, Randy, the randomizer, I was scheduled, I am scheduled to do the 2021 version and, uh, and now 2022, it looks like I have a spot for, for 2022 as well. You do. You do. We decided we, we really felt and Sally really was like, no, like there's no question. This is how we need to do it. So yeah, everybody that's signed up the 22, almost 2200, they're, they're going to have, yeah, basically a pre-reg. So we'll just send out a passcode, get in, put your name in. It's guaranteed. Amazing. Make it happen. From KOM Cycling and Michigan Midpack Media, welcome to the Dirty Chain Podcast, the podcast that covers the cycling scene from the viewpoint of the Michigan Midpack. I am your host, Trevor, and on this episode, Mid-South Gravel. I'm still coming off the high of an incredible weekend in Stillwater, Oklahoma. Just now, you heard the voice of Mr. Mid-South himself, Bobby Wintle, who in 2021, joined us on the podcast, and I just thought his words from last year were perfect to put some context into why this race was not only important to him, but to every single participant, volunteer, and spectator this year. Two long years of waiting and anticipation. Again, the weekend was unforgettable. I highly recommend it. And um, during a recovery party post-race, I sat down with a few familiar voices to the podcast to hear about their experience and kind of share our experience together. Mid-South double finisher Mark Bryson, fifth place finisher Paige Peters, and my brother Brady Gimney. But before we hear from them, I'd like to first hear from someone who I think it's fair to say was one of the main reasons I even considered signing up for Mid-South. 
This person attended the 2019 version when it was still called Land Run and came back with such a positive review and motivation for the season that I knew I had to experience it for myself. My old friend, Mr. Sheldon Little. Sheldon, how the hell are you? <laughs> uh, I'm damn near in tears right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 so it's, good. Just a, it, it, it's just some dust from a gravel road. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm not crying. It's just gravel <laughs> in my eyes. <laughs> Sheldon, it is great to hear your voice, to see you on Zoom. It's been a long time since we've caught up, since um, people, uh, since the listeners have heard from you. Um, yeah, man. How have you been? I've been good. Uh, so actually, probably after the last time you heard from me, I got really, really, really sick um, with stomach ulcers. I lost 30 pounds in 30 days, and uh, I was down for the count uh, for quite a while. Um, finally got it under control and then started a new career, and now here I am, finally uh, back at the mid-pack. Back, back in the mid-pack. Except I need, to put, I need to put some fresh seal and some tires. They're, uh, <laughs> they're a little dry right now. <laughs> It's always good. Um, so I think it was a couple days ago, I sent you a text and I said, Sheldon, I got that Bobby hug. And uh, almost immediately, the phone rang and it was you on the other end and you wanted to hear about my uh, Mid-South experience. And uh, for those that don't know, Bobby Wintel, um, he, he it's fa he's famous for giving almost everyone that finishes the race, um, who wants one, I guess, <laughs> a <laughs> hug at the end. <laughs> and, um, I just knew that from your experience, that was one of the things that you said was unforgettable. And I knew I needed to get a Bobby hug eventually. And man, I got that Bobby hug. <laughs> and it's, it's impossible to ever forget. I mean, it's been years now and I still cherish that Bobby hug, man. I, I, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting to go into a situation with high expectations and it's never like that's probably n never the best way to go into a, a situation because um more often than not you can be disappointed but i i have to say i went into mid-south with some pretty high expectations um not only hearing from you but from so many people about what the race uh the, the course and the atmosphere but i was not let down at all um i'm i'm curious when you uh, went in 2019, like what, where did you, I mean, uh, land run at the time, but like it, it, I guess it had already kind of been a popular race and kind of gained some, some, some notoriety. Um, but where did you first hear about the race and what made oh. you just, I mean, you were actually, you were kind of transitioning from being a crit racer to a gravel racer. And you just went all in and said, I'm driving down to Stillwater uh, at the beginning of the season and I'm going full gravel this year. Um, yeah. It, it was uh, not even a month after I got my first gravel bike. So my, my first gravel bike was that cat X, the purple one. And that was and, your first gravel race. Like, and it was my first gravel race on that bike. That bike was brand new going into the race. And, uh, yeah, when I uh, when I was transitioning from road to gravel, um, I was doing mostly uh, gravel on a road bike with just some like I don't know. I think they were like twenty eight gravel kings that you know they they were still basically road tires for the most part. 
And, you're, riding, uh, you're riding basically on your on your like Roubaix, right? Your yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, my my Roubaix, and this was back before they had disc brakes, so it, it's the <laughs> true true uh, Canties and all, or not even Canties, they're uh, disciples. Um, but uh, no, I actually found out about Land Run on a uh, mountain bike podcast that I don't even believe is still around anymore. Um, okay. And they had Bobby on just because uh, one of the uh, one of the hosts had had uh, gone and done a little bit of gravel and gotten into it, and they talked to Bobby. And this was the first I'd even ever heard of the race. I'd never it never saw the name pop up anywhere, and uh, so I started looking into it, and I was like holy crap, this looks absolutely rad. Um, started reading other people's reviews that had gone there and everybody that said it, you know, first time going there was like basically changed their view of the sport. So I was like, oh, hell yeah. So I ordered a gravel bike just to get into gravel gravel riding just oh, to dude. go to land run. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's yeah, it was uh, in uh, – and, you know, I, I've watched quite a few of uh, Bobby's speeches on on YouTube and such. But, man, in, until you have a pre-ride meeting from Bobby Wintel in person, I mean, there's nothing like it. His his uh, energy is infectious and um, seemingly unending or like he, yeah. just it just like where he pulls that from. It's it's a it's a real mystery to me but it's there and i i kind of talk about this um um a little later uh but like it's it's real you know like it, it, he's not manufacturing something to create uh uh fake stoke he it, it is it comes from his heart and it, it, it's real and so yeah so it kind of all comes down back to to bobby like that's how you heard about um uh about land run now mid south and then you came back and shared that stoke with others including myself <laughs> and then that's in turn i was like man i don't know i don't know if i can justify driving 14 hours for a gravel race and uh but after here like you after like doing a little more research and looking into it and all this and then i just I knew I had to be a part of it. <laughs> I knew I yeah. had to be a part of it. Um, I think our, um, I think our course conditions were pretty similar. Yeah, uh, kind of that light, that light dusty. But when you got by kind of like some of the creeks and stuff, it was a little wet. But overall, it was pretty dry. I say we had um, we had a little bit of mud and a little bit of like rough road enough to make you know know that you were in a mid-south course on a mid-south course um but overall it was fast and dusty and um cold morning but bright sunny day and that's kind of how i remember seeing pictures of of your experience um i i do remember one you know i i I, I almost think that your experience it predates the podcast too. So I, I don't know if we've ever like really talked much about your race, but I remember you came back and you, you had a pretty decent crash. Do you just want to tell us about your crash? Yeah, I was, I was working uh, with a group with uh, another, another guy from Michigan and there's probably about 30 of us working together. Um, and we were moving pretty good. I think we we're, you know, we're cruising around, you know, at 21 average and we went through the uh uh 
uh, feed zone at mile 50 and our group kind of broke apart a little bit, but most of the guys did swap bottles and such. So, you know, did a quick bottle swap and uh, threw some goo in my bag or in my pocket and off we went and we all kind of started regrouping together. And um, I had taken my third bottle out of the back of my Jersey because I had barely touched my first two. So I was like, screw it. I'm just going with two bottles. We'll be fine. We only have 50 miles to go. So at mile 64, we're going down this hill into this, like this Jeep track basically with like two foot ruts on either side from tires of, uh, Uh, of like boggers going through (laughs) and uh, a guy in front of me locks up hard, uh, fishtails a bit. I go into the back of him. The guy behind me goes in the back of me and I don't know, like, I want to say maybe between five and seven of us ended up uh, going down and I went off into the ditch got up my handlebars are cranked to one side <laughs> brand uh, new I, brand new bike mind brand you. <laughs> new oh there, there's there's some good scratches still on her um but uh so my handlebars are all janked over so i'm sitting there with my wheel between my legs getting my handlebars straight hop on tr- try to uh start pedaling and my just zero shifting whatsoever i've, I've got like maybe two gears so I hop off and I did a the good old hand bend on the hanger to get it as straight as possible. Yeah. Hopped on. It was like, all right, the group's maybe, I don't know, two minutes ahead of me. I was like, it's going to suck, but it'll be a chase. So I put my head down and just started basically time trialing it. And I went to go grab a water bottle and both my brand new bottles were gone <laughs> and I had nothing. <laughs> and all of a sudden that's, that, that was like panic mode. Like all of a sudden, sat up and was just like, all right, now I, I went from wanting to chase to a group so I could, you know, keep going fast to, I have to finish this freaking race. <laughs> <laughs> was this, um, I think you were telling me this, was this when you realized that maybe, uh, a hydration pack was a good idea? <laughs> <laughs> the beginning of the race, I remember standing there, uh, you know, waiting for the gun or the, can- uh, the cannon to go. I'm like, man, so many people have hydration packs. I'm like, this is a hundred mile race, like three bottles. We'll be good. (laughs) And, uh, (laughs) I remember when we hit the first patch of gravel coming out of town, you're like going into this little bit of a downhill and there's this rough gravel that everyone goes through and you hit that. And there are just like, there's just bottles everywhere. Yeah. Bottle carnage. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You just, and like, you're like, I remember going through that, like coming up and I was just like, I reached down, pinched my bottle cages. Cause I, I, uh, on my gravel bikes, I usually run aluminum just so you can actually, uh, scrunch them down. And so I pinched them, went through the gravel. They stayed on and I thought it was good for the rest of the day. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I, uh, I've got two bottles sitting at mile 64 somewhere in Stillwater, Oklahoma. (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know, I think I, I, I failed to mention this on, um, on the, uh, the next conversation that, uh, that's coming up, but, um, I took a whiskey hand up at mile 90. Yes. <laughs> did you, did you do anything similar? Yeah. So I got a whiskey shot from, uh, the guys over at salsa when they used to do the chase and, uh, oh, I got yeah. there. I got there and I was like, does anybody have a bottle of water? And they all said no. And the guy's like, but well, we have some whiskey. And he gave me a shot of whiskey. I did my picture on the couch and then yeah, took off. So yeah, from mile 64 to basically a hundred, I had like a whiskey shot. And then I had like maybe a mouthful of water from like the aid station at 75. 
Okay. There were a few um, aid stations kind of scattered throughout, but if you didn't have bottles, I mean, you didn't have anything yeah. to put them in. So, but yeah, right. no, I, yeah, I, I, I felt like I was like back in the marathon days, like grabbing the cup and like splash <laughs> it in my mouth and throw it to the side and keep going. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it was kind of a, a split second decision for me. Um, right around mile 90. Wait, 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 wait. By split second, when have you ever turned down a whiskey shot? <laughs> <laughs> I think that might be one of the first, I'll take this back. When, when I just did polar roll, I, I, I drank, a um, I had some, what was it? Uh, fireball, which of course, like Naturally. you have to drink fireball, like in the middle of <laughs> middle of the cold winter. Um, but I don't even know what this was, but it was, yeah, mile 90 kind of coming up a hill and, wind in our face for like the last i don't know 30 40 miles it was brutal and i was going slow and it was a um orange seal had a had a had a tent or had a not a tent but a, a an aid station an aid station that was just whiskey i think <laughs> but uh i was like you know what why the hell not i'm gonna take this shot and then um we immediately took a, a left and the wind was at our back and I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. I took a shot and now I'm like the wind's at my back. I'm going to finish this thing. <laughs> it was, it was good stuff. So you got, uh, you finished, um, you got your Bobby hug. Um, the- uh, yeah, I had so much trouble unbuckling my, uh, or just unclipping from my pedals when I went through the finish line, because I was just cramping so bad from lack of hydration. <laughs> it hurt so much. Oh my God. <laughs> I drank an entire like bottle of uh, uh, pickle juice I got from a gas station like around the so like you finish downtown and if you go left there's a gas station up there and yeah I hobbled over there and the first thing I bought was pickle juice to try to get rid of the cramps oh man <laughs> so um, the atmosphere I think we talk about it a lot but it was just I think that is what so many people refer to I mean of course it's um uh, Bobby's enthusiasm and, and, but also it's the, the atmosphere of Stillwater and all the people there cheering you on. And, um, did you hang out there a bit? Did you, did you oh, cheer yeah. on others? Oh yeah. I uh, definitely had, had to have some, uh, the, uh, the, uh, IPA from, uh, the, or the, what's it called yeah. again? Uh, uh, oh man, why can't I think of it? Um, all I want to say is, did, did you bring any home? No, I drank it all. <laughs> I literally drank it all. I, I I feel like the next day I was like, "What, uh, um, Iron Monk? Is that what it is? That what it is? Iron Monk? Yeah, Iron Monk. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Iron, they're, Iron Monk. Their IPA. So I sat around downtown. Uh, did they have the food the food trucks this year? Um, there were yeah, there were a few food food trucks. And uh, I destroyed a pizza like right at the end. It was amazing. <laughs> yeah, for me it was tacos and IPA. Yeah. Uh, got some street tacos. I remember just sitting on the curb and just you know, some wolfing them down, and you know had an IPA that still had the aftertaste of pickle juice. And yeah, <laughs> but it's such an amazing event. It's I feel like um, I feel like Mid South is is what so many races strive to be and a lot of them you know put out on their social media but like mid-south's it like you go there and you can it feels different yeah and there are there are a lot of um 
in in the spectrum of of gravel races now, especially now, I think you have everything from super grassroots to large, almost corporate gravel races. Um, mm-hmm. And I I, I want to be positive about it and think that there's a place for all of it. Um, and Mid-South kind of is this oddball now um, when it seems like as these bigger races are growing, they're becoming more corporate. And mm-hmm. um, now Mid-South feels like this large gravel race that still holds on to its real grassroots roots. And, and that is kind of how it felt. Um, and it, and it, and that, uh, excitement for that was, was obvious for, for everyone that was, that was there. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, the thing I love about them is they still run their registration, like a classic race, you know, essentially for, sorry about that. I'm making baked spaghetti. One second. (laughs) Yeah, earlier I'm putting up shelves in the laundry room and now I'm making baked spaghetti. <laughs> it's all good. You're just like uh, uh, Mr. Domestic. Yeah, you're, like, you're, you're like, who is this guy? Yeah. What the hell has the West Coast done <laughs> to show? <laughs> Trevor's packing his bag. He's coming to steal me back. He's like, this is, this, this is too much. I want, your, I want bad decisions. What happened to you? <laughs> yeah, so... I mean, yeah, Sheldon, um, I, uh, I, I wanted to one, talk to you and like, just, just tell you about my experience and, but also thank you for, um, for getting me stoked on it early. And, um, I, I, again, I attribute the, the, the fact that I even lined up there was because of your experience and then that ex- made me excited and and got me there so thank you for um for that let's be sure and um make this more of a a regular thing um yeah. and i want to hear more about some of your adventures out there <laughs> on the on the west coast um but uh at this point i'm going to jump to the conversation i had post race with uh with Mark and with Paige and with Brady. And you will like this, Sheldon. Um, you'll laugh at me because I got there. I brought all of my podcast equipment, microphones, the recorder, um, like an extension, co- all this stuff. And I plug it all in and I realize I didn't have an SD card. <laughs> so so um, I apologize to the listeners um, that the next conversation we'll hear is from, um, it was recorded on my iPhone. But hey, I actually think the iPhone did a pretty damn good job of catching the conversation. So way to um, improvise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I it, it's not up to the standards that uh, the listeners demand from the Dirty Chain podcast, but uh, but hey, what can I say? I was hungover from the day before. So, <laughs> but again, Sheldon, great to talk to you, man. Hey, great to be back. Uh, hopefully pretty soon I'm going to be uh, trying to get back on the bike a bit. And uh, hopefully I, I, I can uh, be calling on you with some uh, Strava stories. Yeah, let's let's hear it. Some more bad decisions. Can't wait. <laughs> Thanks, Sheldon. Thanks, guys. See you later. Okay. 
Okay, so like after uh, multiple failed attempts to get this started and some technical difficulties, those difficulties being uh, myself forgetting uh, some very important equipment, <laughs> we are here uh, one day post Mid-South and I'm with a few familiar voices to the podcast. Um, I'll just pass the phone around and maybe we'll just say, just say your name, so... Mark Bryson. Brady Gibney. Paige Peters. And Rachel Gibney's over there, just smiling and waving. I'd also like to add that you are one year and one day past what was supposed to be your Mid-South inauguration. All right, brother, let me get to this <laughs> stuff. I'm the host of this podcast. <laughs> I, I'm older than you. <laughs> um, I, I guess like that's a good place to start. Um, Yes, this is uh, a year in the making for a couple of us. Mm-hmm. For, for Mark, I know you signed up in 2021, and I did as well. Um, Brady, you signed up this year. And Paige, same, right? Okay. So last year, of course, COVID was canceled. I was really looking forward to coming out here. I'm guessing you too, Mark. But you did come out here, right? So I, I signed up not for the ride, but for the run. And then I came out here because we were actually currently at my friend's place uh, who lives here in Stillwater. Um, so I actually came out and did the run, though incredibly socially distant, um, with my friend out here actually in Stillwater. So yeah, so you got to experience like the roads and the, the, the town, but not... Uh, not the big crowds, not the vibe, not the... incomparable energy of Bobby Wintle and District's Bicycles and just what the whole experience there downtown is. I did not get any of that. Which was, which was something else. I'm I'm still like kind of high from that, from that whole experience yesterday. Um, but yeah, so last year didn't happen. This year did. I, Brady signed up because, um, you knew I was coming out and, um, and then I knew that Mark was going to be there. And then Paige, you came out and, uh, and crushed it too, so, or crushed it, and the rest of us rode. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it was, it's been, Mid-South, of, of course, is um, just one of those bucket list events that I've wanted to experience, and I've only heard the best things about it, so I was really excited to come out here and then know that there'd be a few familiar faces. Um, Paige, I'm curious, like, this is your second season racing gravel. Um, what had you heard about Mid South? And like, I've been kind of following this for a few years, but now that you're, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say you're kind of a newbie in, in the gravel world. So what, what did you expect? And what were you, you just coming out for a race, or have you heard much about this in the past? Yeah, I hadn't really heard a ton other than like the epic pictures from you know would that have been two years ago, right? Yeah, the mud, yeah. Yeah, the mud year, the mud south year. Um, And so by the time I had heard about Mid-South and how epic of an event it was and just how interesting and different the gravel roads here are compared to anywhere else, um, the race had already kind of been closed up. And then that's when I realized I was already going to be out this way in Kansas for team camp. And so thankfully, was still able to enter. But I really hadn't done a lot of research, to be honest, because in my mind, if it was going to be rainy, I kind of had a cop out because I, you know, I was like, I don't want to ruin, you know, my bike. And, you know, it was just in my mind, 
after being on the road for almost two weeks, I was like, all right, I'm, I'm not going to experience that. I'll just live vicariously through everyone else. But <laughs> it's hard to be in gravel and not hear about Mid-South just because of how epic the event is and how different the roads are. And I mean, like you guys said, Bobby getting a hug after, I mean, who doesn't want a hug after a gravel race? So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, and then Brady, you you were looking for an early season race. Is that kind of how it went down? I mean, I like, I need motivation. So I need something that kind of scares me out of bed in the morning to train. Um, and I like to follow you around and do what you're doing. So when I found out you were doing this, you know, if I have probably a dozen bucket list events and this is one of them. And so when I found out you were doing it, I thought, yep, if I can get in the lottery, then I'm all in. And, you know, it's not easy early March to train in Philadelphia, but we did it and we made it work. Yeah. I mean, I, I think there's lots of things we can say about the day and the race and the events, but I'm trying to think of how we can narrow this down and not um, be uh, go too long or whatever. But um, I'm just, I, let's like, what are some takeaways that we each have for the day? Um, and maybe, maybe we can separate it into two things, the race itself and then the event. Um, I mean, can I put you on the spot? I mean, I have my whole story in connection to like kind of Mid-South and I can go from there. Yeah, I think, Mark, you should definitely, yeah, tell us your story because you, you didn't only ride yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, you're the doubler. The one you- <laughs> I, I am now known as the doubler. <laughs> So yeah, talk about talk about your whole thing. Uh, so my story, um, kind of, I, I did a little promotional, I guess, self promotional, I guess, uh, video, um, like when I got close into town, um, because the bike that I ride is a salsa journeyman, and back when Mid South used to be Land Run, it was in 2018. They introduced it at this race. Uh, and so that was, there's, we all know there's can be barriers to entry into the sport. And so for me to be able to get access to a thousand dollar, like drop bar, gravel, um, bike packing bike was just exactly what I wanted and what I needed at the time. So I ended up riding, I have that and that's what I ride daily and I use for everything. And then I had done a marathon in 2018 and I got super like confident, thought I could do a double, actually signed up for land run double in 2019, but I never came out. We, really quick, just explain exactly what the double is. And the double is, uh, yep, good point. Uh, the double is where on Friday you do the f- a 50K ultra marathon and then you rest up and then the next morning you do the 100 mile gravel ride. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, thanks for, for clarifying that uh, there, Trevor. Um, so I signed up for that, never had the fitness, never the time uh, to be able to do it. And so then I just, donated my registration and just kept on going with my life. Uh, came out here last year, um, brought back the Mid-South beers um, to yep. Dirty 30 last year is where I kind of met you and Sheldon. Correct. And, and, and the great connection there. So like, this is a whole full circle adventure for, for you and I. Yeah, definitely. Um, but then I decided to sign up for the double here at Mid-South because they decided to partner with, I'm kind of like with, uh, Brady over there, I need that carrot in front of me to kind of motivate me to do something. And so like, it's tough to do winter training. Uh, and so like, I've always signed up for something in March that's gonna just 
motivate me to keep, keep active and do something. Um, and so when Gravel Worlds and Mid-South decided to do the double-double um, kind of collaboration between independent races, that just spoke to my soul. Uh, and so I, <laughs> I have got crazier plans coming up in August. Ah. Uh, doing the double at Gravel Worlds is uh, going to be a whole nother <laughs> uh, experience. But I was able to complete my first Mid-South double here this weekend. Yeah, not only complete, but you crushed it. I mean, you did a great job, for sure. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of my unique story and connection to it. So, so talk, like, tell me, because the conditions yesterday were much different than the conditions for your run. So how are the roads compared to Saturday for you on Friday? Um, so the snow drops on Thursday into Friday. So when we started the race, I think it was still actually coming down. Um, it was, you know, they don't have the salt trucks around here. So it was compact and slush in town on the, on the main roads till you got to the, the actual dirt roads. Uh, but there was like three to four inches of snow. Um, probably, I don't, I couldn't tell you the ambient temperature, but I would just probably like 25, 30 degrees. Um, but it was exactly <laughs> what I would have been training in this whole winter in Michigan, yeah. uh, if not colder in Michigan leading up to this. So honestly, I felt right at home. Um, I'd say around 11, you know, about 12, like around lunchtime, like middle, <laughs> maybe not lunchtime for us on the running, but for like most people, middle of the day, it started to, like the road started to really clear up and then you just saw the red dirt that, you know, is famous for here in this part of Oklahoma. And then the, if you were running through the middle, like slushy sections there, you were getting that mud caked on the bottom of your shoes. Uh, so I ended up like choosing lines along, like right where the snow met the road. Uh, just hoping some of that like water there from the snow would just keep the mud off my shoes. And it didn't cake up that bad, but it, the latter part of it, once it, it warmed up to the forties, it was starting to cake on pretty bad. But, and then by the time we raced yesterday, it was completely dry. Yeah, no, once the ride conditions, um, you know, there, it was completely dry by that next morning. Cause they even delayed it till nine o'clock. Um, just for the, the cold temps there on Saturday. And I don't think that affected any of the, the ride experience at all. Honestly, I think it was probably really, I don't know what the final times for the elite people were, but it was probably some pretty fast times. So I was, I was thinking a lot about this while you're running and before we, because we were right next to each other for the, for the ride um, at the start. And um, I've done some marathons I've never done like an ultra marathon, but after every marathon I've ran, I'm destroyed the next day. So I can't imagine going from a marathon to a hundred miles, not only a bike ride, but a hundred miles of, of a really tough course. Uh, you are a hundred percent in the right state of mind. You, <laughs> those are questions you should be asking. <laughs> but I, I mean, just, I'm saying that to say like, I, I, I cannot believe um, how hard that must have been, and it's just like I'm super impressed by uh, your, um, I guess, performance or like the the fact that you just got it done, that you that you even got to the line to start it, and then you pushed ahead and and finished it like a great, like both both times were were amazing, and uh, it was you weren't out there all day on the bike, you had a, a great finish, and um, yeah, it's just it's pretty incredible. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, so I feel like your weekend 
he, you accomplished, well, you accomplished double what we did. <laughs> but Well, I mean, I am, I am the doubler, so. Yeah, yeah, you're now the doubler. Um, but uh, so that, that definitely adds into your experience mm-hmm. of the weekend. Um, what about the rest, what about the two of you? Um, we didn't run. Not, none of us ran, but, but I think the experience of the ride itself, at least for me, was um, certainly memorable, certainly um, a great experience. Paige, tell us a little bit about your day. Um, we saw each other kind of at the beginning, and then, um, and then I said bye, and you went off and <laughs> had an had a incredible finish. Um, this was a pretty big field. <clears throat> there are a lot of name it's stacked yeah. and um you came in fifth place mm-hmm. um incredible finish um what how was your how was the, how did the race happen for you does that make sense yeah yeah so this this was my season opener and you know like the rest of us training in michigan you know hard to know where our fitness is at this time of year so i really went into this race with that really any specific goal other than to test new equipment for the year and You're to, riding for uh, riding for Abus Pro Gravel this year. Yep. So um, just wanted to test equipment and then really just see where my fitness was at and not really go into the race with too much pressure, just because it was a totally stacked pro women's field. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I could be you know tenth place and be happy with that. Um, it just was you know hard to know, but for gravel, it just and yesterday was a perfect example. It's like you never give up because you never know what's going to happen. And um, like for me, the day consisted of a lot of chasing, unfortunately. And um, I didn't really have a great position in the men's pack. I mean, you saw me and I was kind of in the back. I need to do a better job going more forward and being more aggressive in that front pack. Um, and so when we got to that muddy section, um, I had kind of crashed a little bit to promise it was very graceful um i was not going very fast in the mud um but then i spent like the next 30 minutes chasing back to uh holly and emily um who at that time we were fourth no fifth sixth and seventh place i believe um and then we were with a group uh, probably about eight of us working together and then in the feed zone area i unfortunately uh, lost some time there was an attack right after that so then i spent another probably eight to ten miles chasing again um so that's kind of how the day went for me but i just kept telling myself like never never give up and keep fighting because on a gravel race that's just what can happen and the um you know, at, at the end of the day, like you just never know who's going to get a mechanical. So you just have to keep showing up every hour of the race. Uh, but Holly and I ended up working with another guy and the three of us just traded poles. And I was really thankful that she was willing to work. And both of us were really, you know, just wanting to not let anyone else catch up to us. So it was pretty brutal the last like 20 miles into the headwind. I'm sure a lot of us can relate to that. Um, made for a long slog of a last 90 minutes. But uh, and then basically uh, there was, you know, kind of a sprint between fourth, fifth and sixth place. Uh, Holly got me at the line for fourth then I was fifth. Um, and then Emily was was six. So overall, pretty solid day and just happy to be out there and have another chance to, you know, learn some more tactical skills and ride in different conditions. Um, and I will say, like, 
it was so nice to see other Michiganders out there. Like my heart was really full. Like when you rode up next to me, we, we talked for a little bit and there was a couple of the Bissell guys that were out there. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, it was just, it's nice when you, you know, I've been on the road for almost two weeks and just to kind of feel a little sense of home in the middle of a race that, you know, it's stressful. There was a few crashes that, mm-hmm. you know, we had to avoid. And so it just kind of makes you feel a little bit more comfortable in those, those scenarios. So I, uh, I had appreciated that for sure. So. Yeah, that's um, one. I, I didn't realize it was a, a sprint at the end for, uh, I didn't realize you all were that close. Um, that, uh, Coming into the, coming into Stillwater was kind of sketchy a little yeah. bit, but, <laughs> yeah. um, but that's that's cool. I didn't I didn't realize that, um, and whatever. Okay, and but yeah, I, the the wind I think is like the the st- of course it was going to be windy because it's I feel like it's like the plains or whatever. It's Oklahoma and it's it's very exposed. There's no trees, you know, um, but that the wind just destroyed me uh, yeah. towards the like I was in a couple groups and then I wasn't in any group and I had to deal with a lot of wind by myself. And, but yeah, that was, that was a, it was, I think for probably most people that uh, rode yesterday, the wind is probably something that they'll take away for this, (laughs) especially since it was the last half of the, you know, after you're, or you've already been riding for like 50 miles and then you turn into the wind. It was, it was pretty rough. Brady, um, you had an incredible day. Um, you, you're, you had a smart, like you were very, you rode smart at the beginning and, uh, you stayed up in the lead group for half the race basically. Um, and that was kind of your goal. Was it not? I mean, you're, of course the goal is to do as best as you can. I guess. But no, my goal is just to, just to hang in the back. <laughs> my, my goal is to win. And I got halfway there. No, um, no, you're right. My goal was to prove to myself that I could ride at the front for even part of the race. Mm -hmm. And, right, I mean, I don't have the hours to train like a lot of these people do, but I can do the intensity, and I wanted to prove to myself that I could ride fast for half a race or 60% of a race, and I I just wanted to know how far could I go, right? Um, And... We were joking last night that I was a very mediocre Cat One like pack um, handler, handler, but I'm a pretty good <laughs> gravel pack handler. <laughs> it's just very different. Um, so I was able to move quite easily and quickly to the front um, and not miss out on that. And so I was able to get through the first fifty before the wheels fell off, for sure. Um, and then it became a challenge, for sure, but that was my goal. My goal was to basically ride until I cracked, get off my bike, take a gel, regroup, and then carry on. And that headwind, I was at 50 miles, and I thought, all right, I think I can finish this averaging... 20 miles an hour. And so I got to 60 miles and I said, all right, I think I have two hours to go. And then we hit that headwind and I was at mile 70 and I thought, now I have two hours to go. (laughs) And then I was at mile 80 going up a slight incline at 10 miles an hour. And I thought, I might have two hours to go still. Oh my God. (laughs) 
months. I had that saved on. It, <laughs> it was brutal. Just doing that math in my head, it was like... It was, I just watched, uh, I watched the average speed just like tick down. Exactly. Down, down, down. Right, right. <laughs> um, but I need these races. I mean, it. You know, working in a bike shop every day, it feels like I wouldn't need that external motivation, but this is like what saves me for and keeps me going back at home because you see that energy and especially like I, we went to go buy beers at the bar last night and Colin Strickland walks up next to me to order beers at 11 o'clock at night and we're chatting and I buy him and Pete Stetton of beers and they're like, oh, you can't leave because the last rider is going to finish in 20 minutes and we're going to hang out and watch. And like that just doesn't happen in other disciplines, right? Like it just is amazing to me that these people stay. Um, and that's, this is like what makes this amazing. And so that's like the end of that really capitalized the whole, the whole trip for, for me. Um, and I, yeah, that's a perfect segue because takeaways, uh, the, the course was, was fun. The, the race was great. And, and it, kicked my butt. Um, but it was, it's the entire thing. And it's, you know, Bobby Wintle at the beginning, um, right before the race starting. And then, um, he's just there cheering on every single finisher and giving hugs out. And then it's all of us hanging out at the finish until midnight, basically, and watching the last rider come in. Um, and that was that to me, that was the most fun of the, the whole day. Just, we, we had a table, that basically we saw the finish from the from the table and we got a bunch of food and beers and we're just hanging out there and having a great time um, and watching Bobby do his thing and that like all these like you said like other riders that just were hanging out too and wanted to be a part of that vibe and that's really what it is it's like a <laughs> the gravel vibe you know it's a kind of kind of a joke but that it definitely felt like that and that's what I wanted to experience and that's what I was hoping this would be like and um and it and it delivered in in every way um it's something that i would uh recommend like if if you haven't if you haven't been a part of it like come to <laughs> take time off of work and travel to oklahoma i promise you won't <laughs> i promise you won't be disappointed i mean it's it's a it's a cool thing and yeah i'll be honest like coworkers of mine are like you're going to Oklahoma? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's kind of a it's kind of a funny thing and we Brady, I think you said uh Kathleen your wife was like, "You're crazy. Don't you know this? Like you're what are you doing?" But I was thinking like we're driving from Michigan to here and in a like the worst snowstorm ever and I'm like, "I got to get to St. Louis tonight because the because I have a, a shorter trip tomorrow to get to Oklahoma and I'm like, the roads are awful and there's wrecks everywhere. And I'm like, what am I doing just to, to get to Oklahoma and ride, uh, ride my bike? But that's, I mean, that's what we do, right? Like we just pick things and we need to be motivated. Like we need these things to motivate us. And, um, and I think sometimes you just need to, to, to find something to kick your butt and, um, and, and, and just, yeah, I don't know. And, and then also be motivated from these events to just go on. And, um, I, I thought it is interesting, like 
Mark, we were talking, it's like a year in the making. Mm-hmm. So in a way, it's like the end of something, but then it's the first race of the season. Mm-hmm. So it's like the beginning of, of the year, you know? So it's, I don't know. It's, it comes at a cool time because you need to be motivated through winter to get there. And, um, but yeah, anyways, I'm, I, I, I really, to me, like, I think what's going to stand out in my head is standing at the beginning and just like with all the, the big people and seeing the big Mid-South banner and then us on the other side of that banner after we finished, um, just hanging out and cheering on everyone coming through that, that was, I, it was just a great day. It really was. Um, and I, I feel like a lot has been said about Bobby Wintle and like different, different things. People have, have talked to him. I've he's been on the podcast uh, last year, but I, I, it's not fake. I, I I don't think anyone ever said he's thinks he's fake, but he's not. He's so authentic, and um, I just don't know how he just keeps how he keeps going. <laughs> he was he was. A, Constant energy, 100% from, I don't know, from 8 a.m. to near midnight. And I went on a recovery ride that he led this morning at 9 a.m. after daylight savings time. (laughs) (laughs) And was he, did he seem? Uh, His voice was very much gone, (laughs) Um, but it was still very much the man that we know. (laughs) We were talking, like, we're like, is he? Do you think he's drinking beer? I don't think like he could go all day and be drinking beer. And I'm, I don't know, but I'm pretty sure he was drinking <laughs> beer. <laughs> but that, I mean, it was that was in itself. I think was motivating just to see him so ins- like he's gathering inspiration from everyone, and then in turn dishing it out himself. You know, and it, that it was just kind of it was really neat to see to see that. Yeah, because I had a, like a small moment before the 50k run on Friday, where he was just meeting all of us, all of our runners before we started, and he had said he hadn't seen the whole video, but he saw the video that I posted uh, there, and he said that like his stoke went to the moon mm-hmm. after seeing that, and so like that's just one of like for me it was just a bunch of small moments this weekend that just over my heart is like yes it's a statement we've said of like your heart is full but mine is just overflowing from the amount of just community like we just come here and you just it's one thing to talk about it it's another just to feel it um but that was like one moment of like i was my stoke was to the moon just hearing somebody just recognizing you and appreciating like you know your story and, and that you're here for that but you also got to realize this is two years of emotion like two years that we haven't had mid south and there is just all of that emotion coming out here in this, in this past like whole weekend yeah no that's a that's a really good point that um of course yeah it, it hasn't gone on for two years um yeah it, I um, was thinking a lot about like there. It's it's easy. I think we were talking about this maybe yesterday or something. But I, I Michigan has so many gravel uh, opportunities, and I think it's easy. You could probably just stay in Michigan and ride, and like it's it's perfectly fine and and whatever. Um, and some of the best gravel opportunities too. But I think it's really important to experience like other things like go out and and come to mid-south or come to a you know whatever like whatever just just 
a different like experience the community and experience the the different roads and different um course like just and people and people like just go out and do it and i think that's what makes um the gravel scene so so great is uh that it is diverse and it's everywhere you know and there's i i don't know i just really i recommend people going like like find one of these races and just go experience it um because then you're stoked to come back and in two weeks Beru Bay. Like I'm so stoked to, to just go and and I, I don't know. I mean, like I was getting real Barry Roubaix vibes from downtown Stillwater is very similar, I think, to downtown Hastings. Mm-hmm. And um, but yeah, I don't know. It's it was it was what I needed early in the season. I needed to go out and Brady, I was much like you. I was like, how long can I stay in the front pack until I crack? And I cracked a a lot earlier than you did, <laughs> but, um, but it was just, I don't know. I, it, it was something that I, I needed this, this time of year and, um, to, to just, to just really motivate me for the rest of the year. Um, anything else before we wrap this up? I do, I do want to give a shout out to Mark. So he did his 50 K run and then he came back downtown, was hanging around and then he volunteered mm, yeah. at the check-in for the bikers, cyclist, and then he did the ride the next day. So not only did he do the double, but he volunteered in between. I mean, that's just awesome. So just want to give him a shout-out for that. Yeah, I totally agree. I think if there's anyone that worked the hardest to squeeze out as much of the experience as possible, yeah. you, mm-hmm. you did. I mean, you got here, you did the run, you volunteered after that to check in the cyclists, you did the ride, you got up this morning and, yeah. um, and did the, the recovery ride with Bobby and you uh, did the brunch. The full experience. And I also just trying to be as authentic to myself as I am. Sure. Um, but even when I was checking people in, up comes walking Pete Stetna, yeah. um, which I just got into like racing last year. And a lot of these names and a lot of these people I never knew anything about from like, you know, Strickland to Setna to Bobby to all this stuff. Um, but now I know all these names and I got to thank him. I didn't get a chance to see him at Barry last year, mm-hmm. but I got a chance to talk to him there briefly and say, hey, thanks for coming on out. And we got the chat back and forth a little bit. It's like, I would have never expected to have that kind of experience. But like, yeah, I, I probably squeezed every little thing out of this weekend yeah. <laughs> as far as an opportunity. And I, I, I don't know how I'm going to top this in a, in a, in a, in a long time. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that if if there was ever like a promotional uh, a sound bite, that would be a, a pretty good promotion for for Mid South. But uh, yeah, yeah. Well, great job, Mark. Thank you, Brady. Hell of a ride, Paige. You destroyed it or killed it or what in a, in a positive way. <laughs> you had a you had a great a great race. Um, thank you for your patience as I try to figure out the. T- <laughs> technology issues here and uh for sharing about your experience and we need we'll we'll have to do it again thank you all thank you thank Thank you trevor the dirty chain podcast is a michigan mid-pack media production in partnership with kom cycling the source for your bike accessories and necessities connect with us on instagram and facebook at dirty chain podcast email dirty chain podcast at gmail.com If you are enjoying the podcast, please leave us a rating and review on whatever platform you use to listen. 
audio editing and original music by myself, Trevor Gibney. A huge thank you to Bobby Wintle and everyone at Mid-South Gravel for an incredible weekend. And thank you all for listening to the Dirty Chain Podcast. And as always, keep your chain clean, but get your chain dirty. We will see you in the mid-pack. You are not-